Hello, I'm Matt White and this is Fodder, the food and drink podcast for Greater Manchester. This week, we're going to be having a look around Stockport. Now, I'm just going to start this podcast by reading something I saw in the Manchester Evening News recently. It says, After years in decline, Stockport's old town is now the focus of huge regeneration efforts which are beginning to pay off with glimmers of gastronomic promise in and around the historic marketplace. Now, those words were written by Stockport resident and journalist Emily Heward for the Manchester Evening News. We'll be talking to her a bit later on. But for this podcast, I want to focus on just a couple of words from that sentence. Glimmers of gastronomic promise. And that is what we're going to be looking for. We're going to hear from Chef Matthew Nutter, who's from Stockport's vegan restaurant, Elotment. We're ramp-packed every weekend, and since we opened, I think we've had one quiet weekend and you know, it amazes me every single day that people are still coming to Stockport and it's uh, it's nice, it's really good. And we'll be hearing from Sam Buckley of where the light gets in. So it's not in an arrogant way that I say we're not part of the Stockport thing or anything. It's more that, like, we built this as a little, as a little shelter from the rest of the world. Now, I've been meaning to make a podcast about Stockport for a while now, ever since last year's Manchester Food and Drink Awards when it was really Stockport heavy. I remember people telling me that I should go to this restaurant, go to that restaurant. I remember reading in the local press articles about Stockport. I remember turning on the radio and hearing people talk about it. Picture the scene, if you will. Just go with me. I'm in my kitchen, the tap's running, I'm doing the pots, and I'm listening to the radio. Radio station. Pure 107.8 FM. This is Pure. I'm Paul Holloway from Paul's radio station, Pure 107.8 FM. There's plenty going on in Stockport's food and drink scene, with seven businesses from the borough on the shortlist in this year's Manchester Food and Drink Festival Awards. Heaton Hobbs in Heaton Moor won the Best Craft Ale Bar of the Year, and Foodie Friday, which takes place in the last Friday of each month in Stockport's historic marketplace, won the Best Food and Drink Pop-Up Event. With all this and new exciting restaurants opening in the town, I went down to Foodie Friday to talk to one of the organisers, Esther Morrison, about Stockport's emerging food scene. I think when we started it, the thing we wanted most was to showcase how beautiful this bit of town is and to bring people back into it and let them have a great time with their friends and family. And we're definitely doing that. I think people are finally realising that there's an awful lot more to the town centre than they thought. We've got enterprising people starting up vegan restaurants. Uh, Who'd have thought in Stockport you'd ever have a vegan restaurant that would be sold out for months ahead? Uh, And where the lout gets in now, they've just restored this beautiful coffee warehouse and it's going to be something spectacular, something Manchester can never, ever achieve. Esther Morrison, she's one of the organisers of Foodie Friday. There'll be more on this a bit later on. Interestingly, you heard her there say that where the light gets in could never have happened in Manchester. And as it happens, the owner of the restaurant, Sam Buckley, agrees. Uh, Sam's an interesting character. You're going to hear from him in just a moment. Um, Let me just give you a bit of background on him then. He used to work with Paul Kitchen from Greater Manchester's last Michelin-starred restaurant, Juniper, in Altrincham. He now operates where the light gets in. It's an incredible place, an incredible space. Um, No menus, no walk-ins, you pretty much eat what you're given. It's whatever Sam and his team get hold of on that particular day. And as much as he agrees that his restaurant couldn't have happened in Manchester, he's also quite reluctant to say that he's part of the new Stockport scene. It's an experience for the night for the people who are here. Like, you climb these stairs, 
you walk past the smashed bottles and the, and the crackheads. And when you walk up these stairs, even though you can see Robbie's Brewery as the main view, you're not in Stockport, you're in where the light gets in. And you're here for two to three hours in our arms. Like, hopefully we can give you a lovely experience. And that's, you're traveling here for that. So, I d so it's not in an arrogant way that I say we're not part of the Stockport thing or anything. It's more that like, we built this as a little, as a little shelter from the rest of the world. When you said about not being able to open in Manchester because of the high football uh, footfall, you also said because of the hype. What do you mean by that? I think, well, well, first of all, I think um, a long time ago when Bar and Grill started, my, my, you know, my friend helped set it up, and I was telling me ruined the food scene in Manchester. He laughs and he, he agrees, and he doesn't live here anymore. He's got twelve pubs in the countryside now. And then you had the spinning fields thing. These these frontline restaurants with enormous capital behind them, driving enormous capital. I didn't have any of that. I didn't have any backers. So A, it's, it's very hard for independent second-line restaurants to succeed in Manchester because of that competition, because mm -hmm. they can't uh, compete with the peacock of, of like, you know, refuge and spinning fields the kinds big, of things. Yeah. Ones, yeah. And then also I think because Manchester's a city that's really trying to find itself and really trying to find the next, the next Michelin-style restaurant or the next big thing. We, you know, we're bringing people like Michael O'Hare and whatnot because we need Simon Rogan, now Michael O'Hare, before that Michael Keynes. We want that um, glitz and glam, and it doesn't for me. It doesn't exist. It shouldn't. It shouldn't exist. It should be about. Should be more modest. So I think I, I can't compete with that, and I don't want to be caught up in it where we're the next big thing for three weeks, and then we get spat out, chewed up, and spat out. You know, and I'm selling up in a year. I want to cook, and I want to make an honest living and I want to do something f f doing it for us and the 25 at night the Michelin star thing which yeah. Manchester's hung up on yeah. uh, I mean the last great Michelin star in Manchester you worked for so yeah, you, so you yeah. Were there. Well, yeah it was Cheshire wasn't it yeah. it's not Manchester but uh, yeah but we'll claim it we'll still <laughs> yeah, claim it, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. just like if, if everyone it, speaks to me about Paul still everyone speaks it's like his, you know, his ghost still haunts this place this this we can't say Manchester, but this area, yeah. and for me, he's still the mo he's still the most progressive chef in England, like you know. But he he was here too soon. We did, think? yeah, we did thirty a night. We lost, we did thirty a night, one night a week. The rest of the time, the, the restaurant was empty. He was people weren't ready for him doing that. Now he's gone. People want that kind of thing, but it's sad, really. I'm, I'm interested in how you react because I know in ev anything I've read so far and there's been a lot written about this place already in such a small space yeah. at the time the, the, the Michelin thing comes up a lot like it's did you feel any, any pressure or does it do you Edin that, that that goes around and there's like hope pinned on you and no not bothered no no I think Michelin's going to be dead soon you see how often they change the parameters every year just to suit what's coming in with food food's moving Food's moving faster than it's ever moved. In the 90s, football became sexy. Now food's sexy. So it's lucky for someone like me to open a restaurant. But it doesn't mean I'm cooking any better than anyone else. It doesn't mean that we've got a better experience than anyone else, which is the next, with a new thing. It's a little bit different. All right, it's a bit, you know, the, the idea is different. But I'm up, you know, if, if, if Michelin, like, want to come, it's fine. But we can, we can all see them. Everyone can see everybody, so... There's no, no walls to hide behind for anybody. And that's what, what does feel different about this is, A, your attitude towards it. It's kind of you are very reluctant to have success, which seems odd to me. It's not that. It's not the reluctance to have success. It's reluctance to be the next big thing and be chewed out and chewed up and spat out. It's, ne it's reluctance to be part of uh, an overhyped industry that, like, you know, it's hard, it's hard to 
cut through the bullshit of whether food does taste good and whether it's good. And actually, our aim is to make food, is make good food with you know a different viewpoint and a sort of artistic and, and creative merit to it. And to be honest and integral in what we do, it's not about to have a fucking cherry blossom tree in the middle of the floor or to have you know all the hottest girls and guys in Manchester in with weird hats. It's not about that. It's about cooking good food and, and, and also just invigorating people's nights for one night, you know, really, really giving people a, a really cool experience in a, in, a, in a really frank way, in an earnest way. So I've just noticed uh, up on the wall there, and I don't know whether this is true or not because I've got my phone on the table, so now I'm feeling bad, but it says, please, no mobile phones in the dining room. No phones. No phones. Is that... Yeah. It's not about the Instagram thing, it's about social lubrication. So it's like the, the same reason we've not got um, menus. Well, the reason we've not got menus is for that reason. The analogy for me is like when you're about to have sex and you have to put a condom on with uh, you know, a, a strange partner. So when you go out to eat and you have to pick the menu up and then the waitress comes over and asks you what wine you want and everyone has to decide on that. No one wants to be. No one wants to be the leader of deciding who gets, you know, which wine you get, and whether you get the chicken wings to share at the beginning or the garlic bread. So it's just like come in, sit down, and enjoy the night, and that's the idea. And the phone is another thing of like, you know, my phone's just gone off now, and I, yeah, I'm talking to yeah. you, like I fucking get rid of it, and it's not. Where we see people here on Facebook, and it's just ugly. People's faces are ugly when they're glared up by LCD screens, you know. So just no phones. Wow, there you go. Do not, whatever you do, get caught on your phone at where the light gets in, for the love of God. Now, at the beginning of this podcast, rather than writing something myself, I lazily quoted Manchester Evening News journalist Emily Heward. She's written a great piece for the paper called Five Reasons Why Stockport's Food and Drink Scene is brilliant. Um, it's worth a little read. If this isn't giving you enough information, go online and check that out. It's interesting. Um, I met Emily for a, a quick drink in a little pub called the Baker's Vaults, which is just near Stockport Market. And she told me that a lot of people are now travelling into Stockport for the first time because of the current food bus. Actually, when people get here, they're very pleasantly surprised with how beautiful it was. I mean, I was surprised. I only moved here three or four years ago. I lived in Heaton Moor for about a year without ever venturing into Stockport Town Centre. Um, I was finally tempted down here by Foodie Friday. And oh, is that what finally got you yeah, here? Yeah, and like most people, I was really surprised to find that the old town even existed because, I mean, a lot of people's first impression of Stockport is the Merseyway Shopping Centre, which isn't a very attractive site to be greeted with. But, I mean, it's beautiful. It's, you know, the beautiful old market, the church, the, you know, the cobbles, the beautiful kind of Dickensian back streets. I think it's... I think, and I think as well, the... The cheaper rents here have allowed people who are a bit creative, a bit more adventurous, a bit, you know, an idea that they couldn't maybe afford to make work in the city centre, they can do that here. And I think you know, people like Matthew at the allotment and the way the light gets in have been really brave and adventurous. And I think people are really excited to come out and try something like that. I think what they're doing is very bold, I think, to open, you know, a tasting menu restaurant with no menu and a vegan fine dining restaurant in kind of untested territory really is just really really brave and they've made it work you know okay so even if you've only been half listening to this podcast so far you'd have heard two places being mentioned over and over again where the light gets in which we've already heard about don't take your phone and allotment 
Now, Allotment is a vegan restaurant. It's ran by Matthew Nutter. I went to see him recently and he says he's definitely feeling the Stockport love. It's crazy, man. Like, I'm not from Stockport, so I don't know anything about Stockport. But from the moment we set foot, it was like a massive welcome. It was kind of... Everyone needed this kind of um, upbringing of Stockport, especially meeting Sam. Sam's opened up where the light gets in just after us and all of a sudden there's this boom. Um, Foodie Fridays is massive and we've been contacted by loads of little small holders, um, you know, like pop-up vendors and whatnot, and they're looking at bringing their stuff to Stockport and for us it's incredible. It's, you know, we're ramp-packed every weekend and since we opened... I think we've had one quiet weekend and you know it amazes me every single day that people are still coming to Stockport and just you know a lot of them just coming for us and it's good we're bringing people in and it's uh, it's nice it's really good you've opened a vegan restaurant yeah now 10 years ago maybe five years ago that in itself I think would have been a bit of a gamble yeah but here you're saying full every weekend um do you think the time's right now this is the time for veganism yeah i think it's a mixture of things i think it's a mixture of veganism yeah it's taking off it's massive um people are getting more and more interested in it and it's just the fact that you take away veganism and we're doing good food and people are looking for something a little bit different and especially with a like everyone's so health conscious right now you take away dairy and and animals and whatnot, and there you go. You've got a little bit more healthy food, and uh, yeah. I, I remember when I spoke to Simon Rimmer a couple of years ago, and he was talking about when he opened his vegetarian restaurant Greens, yeah. and he said his aim back then, and, and what he'd still like to happen now, was that people would go for a vegetarian in the same way that people go for a curry. Yeah. So it wouldn't necessarily be a lifestyle choice, although yeah. that would be nice. Yeah. But people would just go and do it to try it are you finding that here um yeah i mean we're getting a lot of meat eaters in that are just looking for something a little bit different and yeah I, i've never really looked at it like that maybe they are but i think our food's quite light so when you're finished here you could easily go out drinking in my eyes rather than going for you know if you went for a curry and you went for half chicken tandoori and then a, a <laughs> chicken madras yeah you're done. you're done yeah yeah but we're gluten-free as well and you know there's take away that stodge you you're feeling pretty good afterwards um i'm a bit of a sucker for um a catchphrase or a sound bite and i remember reading when you first opened up uh, a phrase i don't know who you said it to but it was bounded around everywhere i think you know what i'm going to say yeah i know what you're going to say that you could make i think a cauliflower aubergine tastes better better than a steak now whether or not that's true (laughs) that just instantly got me interested yeah, yeah. And, it, and I think it drummed up quite a bit of, of interest and intrigue didn't it yeah 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 I mean it was like I think it was 17,000 views it had that, that <laughs> article it? yeah and uh, it's daft I mean it was just off the cuff when I said that and by any means I do try and make aubergine taste as good as steak that's that's my aim with aubergine that's my replacement you know I want it crispy on the outside soft on the inside and, and for me you know I I spent a lot of my career in France and I'm always aiming to get those kind of meaty textures and that, that richness and that's, that's the sort of food I absolutely love. So for people for coming to this restaurant after hearing that, like, you know, it was bullshit at the time, you know, <laughs> I was totally blagging it. And uh, 
loads of people have come in since that time and like, oh yeah, your aubergine is as good as steak and all that. Nice, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. So it's worked. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you say it works in France. What's it, or is there a difference between the, the vegan food scene over there and the, the vegan food scene here in England? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't vegan at the time living there, um, but to my knowledge it was non-existent my mum was vegetarian every time she came over she'd end up in supermarkets buying for herself um, you order a vegetarian pizza over there and it comes with ham like, you know. <laughs> Wait, there's that thing in the royal family where I think Ralph Little's girlfriend is introduced and she says she's a vegetarian yeah. and Nana says oh can't she even have a wafer thin ham <laughs> that's it that's what French people are like you know uh, it must be getting better now because it's getting bigger and bigger but um yeah, I've not been back to France for a long time, so... We don't need to now, do you? You've got Stockport. Yeah, yeah, I love Stockport, yeah. Do you miss it? Do you miss meat? Uh, uh, both eating it and cooking with it? Yeah, sometimes, yeah, of course. I mean, I'm human at the end of the day. If I walk past, say I'm at a market and there's a, a barbecue going and I smell that meat... Smell. It's, I think it's so natural for your mouth to water a little bit <laughs> and... Like it's not. It doesn't mean I'm going to go and jump on a steak or anything like that. But every time I cook aubergine, I feel like I'm cooking a steak. Like I love the feel of putting something in a pan and then taking that that curl with it. And the bigger thing that I miss cooking with is fish. I can't seem to replicate that. the The closest I've got is an oyster mushroom, and I've started pan frying it similar to you would uh, like a sea bass. You just pan fry one side and let it cook through, and then. 30 seconds on the other side squeeze a lemon and take it off and that's the closest I've got to to that kind of texture but do you know what I'm sat here now trying to think thinking I might be able to give you a bit of advice but that's never going to happen <laughs> if you can't think of it I certainly can well I'm always open to ideas so um, but yeah I mean I think chef in, my, my biggest aim uh, in life isn't to turn everyone vegan I couldn't give a crap I'd rather I want chefs to realise the unlimited possibilities that there are with vegetables and that you can be just as proud of a vegetarian or a vegan dish as you could a main course that is you know protein heavy because the possibilities are unlimited and the smile you can put on that that random vegan that's walked into your pub is, is priceless you know and you know what we should all strive to put a smile on a random vegan's face shouldn't we Wise words, Matthew. Uh, that was Matthew Nutter from Allotment. So if you really want to get a feel for what's happening in Stockport at the moment, then you should go along to Foodie Friday. It's a street food event with live music, and it happens around the marketplace on the last Friday of every month. We went along recently to speak to some of the regulars there and find out what they thought. Yeah, I mean, we, we support Stockport. We've got a business in Stockport. We live in Stockport. We sponsor part of the awards for the Stockport Business Awards, and so... Over the last sort of four years or so, we've been talking to local business owners as well as local public, and one of the things we've said is that we need good eateries, and it seems that it's happening. We are starting to get people setting up, because if you do put the good quality stuff together, then people will pay the price, and it just makes such a difference to the environment and the, you know, the local community, because you get that sort of rich feel about everything that's going on socially. It's great. I think it's fantastic. Um, this area needed something, definitely. Well, long may it last, actually. We get a good, some more good operators here, and I think it will take off. It's our first time here tonight, so um, and we live. We all come from Stockport. We've all lived in Stockport for many, many years, and I think it's like really encouraging that Stockport's. Um, 
I don't know, sort of enhancing what it, it's got, which is best here in terms of all these beautiful old buildings and uh, bringing all these food and restaurants and uh, bringing the spirit back to Stockport, really. Yeah, I agree, because I think the centre of Stockport, unfortunately, has gone a little bit drab and I think it, it is a bit discouraging. You don't really necessarily want to come in and yet this brings more people back in. So I think that's important and it's great to try lots of different foods. Foodie Friday is fantastic. You know, it's not it's not just the it's not just the different types of food that you have here, it's the fact that the whole community seems to gather together for the event, which makes it even more special. There we are, some Vox Pops, as we call them, which I think you'll find is Latin for voice of the people. Which it was. The best voice, though, is this fella. Have a listen to this. The man that will now forever be known as liking steamed pork buns and for being a bit levered and for not really being able to say steamed pork buns. These steamed pork buns are... <laughs> <laughs> <Did you cry? laughs> no, I don't, want, I don't want to be known as the guy that likes steamed steam pork, pork buns. buns. <laughs> Too late, pal. You're known for it now. He likes steamed pork buns. Now, one of the organisers of Stockport's Foodie Friday is John Barrett. John Barrett is also a passionate, great lover of Stockport and the people of Stockport. But he says he's not getting swept along with all the Stockport hype. Yeah, I'm a bit wary about um, you know saying it's so it's the it's the new destination for food and drink, and it's all this. I, I get really wary of that because it starts to become a fad, a fashion, and. Uh, you know, this what we're what we're building up in Stockport Old Town, um, with the events and with the people. It's not a fad. It's not a fashion. It's the genuine community of Stockport coming back to an area of the town that um, had been neglected. Um, and and it's great that the new bars and the new restaurants are, are opening up, and all the people involved are really exciting. They're innovators. What our next step is, what our ambition is, is to have Foodie Friday uh, on a more permanent basis in a bigger venue than we've got at seven miles out, offering the same offer. And, uh, you know, there is there are spaces in the market. Uh, the Produce Hall um, is, a, is an underused building, yeah. which we believe um, that, that, that the traders that are currently in there, if they relocated to the main market, they'd be an asset to the main market. And what we'd like to do is support the, the, the traditional market offer, because I think those traders deserve the support uh, because they're, they're the mainstay of this market area. So one of the success stories of certainly Greater Manchester uh, is Altrincham Market. What they've done with that place is phenomenal and they're, and they're seeing tremendous success. Is that the sort of thing that you think would benefit this area or do you think that's kind of taking it away a little bit from what Stockport's all about? Um, that particular offer for me is a bit posh. It's a bit too expensive. It's a bit too hail barns. Um, and I've been there, you know, couldn't get a seat. It was that busy. Um, and it's a bit too fine dining for me. Um, I think that Stockport needs really what Foodie Friday does on a more permanent basis. So, you know, no disrespect to what they've done in Altingham. It's fantastic. Um, he's done great wonders for the, um, for Altingham and, you know, and the, and the regeneration there. But I think for Stockport, um, I think the catalyst that Foodie Friday has already been... Uh, we can build on and I think that we shouldn't run away with ourselves and start thinking that oh because there's a few really interesting um, bars and restaurants that are opening 
um, that, oh yeah, it's all, everything's plain sailing. I think there's still a lot of hard work to be done. We still we still need fresh blood and new people. So I think you've got to come up with a, something that's unique and boutique. And that is what Foodie Friday is. And that is what um, this uh, area of Stockport Old Town provides. Uh, and I think that's what people want. I think it's important to be passionate about your town. And, um, you know, I think, you know, we are, <laughs> without a doubt. That was John Barrett. For more details, visit foodiefriday.co.uk. So that's it. That was the Stockport podcast. If you're from Stockport, keep supporting your local businesses. And if you're not living in Stockport, visit. Go and eat the food. Go and drink the booze. They're doing something right. And long may it rain. <laughs>